Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our day is named after the word for rejoicing, litere. Seems hard to rejoice when you have so few people able to gather in the church. And in fact, the church has gone through many of times when it seemed like there was no one left. In fact, our collect for today finds its place, its roots, in Lamentations chapter 3. For we prayed, Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, your mercies are new every morning, and though we deserve only punishment, you receive us as your children and provide for all our needs of body and soul. Lamentations is, as you guessed it, a book of laments, of griefs, of sorrows, all over the destruction of Jerusalem, a once bustling place at its center, the temple of God. But now it was deserted as the people were deported to Babylon. And contained in this book are the words of a people deserving of only God's punishments. What is it that the author remembers while under that chastening rod of God's wrath? He says, I remember my affliction, my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. Now that is a word to rejoice in. That because of the Lord's love, we are not consumed. That his compassions never fail. For when everything around the people overwhelmed them, so that most of all they could think of was affliction the wandering, the bitterness, and the gall, bringing a great sorrow springing out of the soul, yet they did not forget, but called to mind the steadfast love of the Lord, that he would not again consume the whole earth in his justice, but out of his compassion he would send forth his mercy. This is what we need to remember in our time. We need to know what is the mercy of God. And so we give answer. Mercy is the Lord's compassionate work toward us. We who are sinful human beings. He pities us in our misery and our suffering. And though it is deserved because of our sin, he does not leave us alone with our sin or with our suffering. He does not forsake us to eternal death and condemnation, but in his grace, that sweet, undeserved love, he rescues us. He rescues us by his own death and resurrection, giving to us the great hope to rise with him, to live with him forever. And this is what we have in our baptism, being called his children 
that we have died with him and so too we have risen with him to new life. Where else can we look for mercy if not in Christ, the Son of God? The mercy of the Lord comes from Christ, who delivers us from our sin and from our death. Mercy is God's forgiveness delivered to us, since he would be completely justified to punish us both temporally and eternally for our sins as we confess. So all that Jesus does, all that he preaches, all of his miracles are to show forth this truth, that God is merciful. He is merciful to us, as all of these signs, miracles, preaching point to his death and resurrection, which reconcile us to the Father. Before our text today in the Gospel, according to St. John, the story of the feeding of the 5,000 was recorded in all four Holy Gospels. But there in St. Matthew, chapter 14, he tells us that Herod the Tetrarch sent and had John the Baptist beheaded in prison, and his head was brought on a platter and given to the girl, and she brought it to her mother. And then it says that John's disciples came and took the body and buried it, and they went and told Jesus. This happened before the feeding of the 5,000. And it's important for us to know as we consider a God who is supposed to be merciful. For when Jesus heard this, the news of the disciples who brought the word that John had been beheaded, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. And then when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from all the towns. The disciples of John and Jesus were shaken by Herod's power as were the people in the surrounding towns. Would it be that God would not stay the hand of Herod for a man such as John the Baptist? Imagine a similar question could have been brought over Jerusalem at the attack of Babylon. Would that God would stay the hand of the Babylonians for the temple that dwelt in Jerusalem? But Jesus withdrew into a desolate place with his disciples and with people following in order that he might have compassion on them. Compassion on them in their suffering. Their suffering of the fear from the power of kings. The disciples, they needed rest and reassurance. And the people, Jesus said, were like sheep without a shepherd. And so we learn that all that Jesus is doing in our gospel lesson from St. John is to reassure the disciples, to bring healing to them and comfort so that they might rest and remember those words which we said earlier, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. The miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 is given to us at a time when we need it. It is given to us so that we may see Christ as a compassionate Lord who provides food for both the body and the soul. For he did not pass up this time without teaching them of the kingdom of God, which has come near to them in himself. 
nor did he fail to provide for the needs of their body. This miracle was given not for us to merely see that God is the one who can fill 5,000 plus stomachs. We know that he can do so. But we should see this in faith. That Jesus withholds none of all that he is to provide for our needs. Our needs especially of the soul. For these people came out of their need, seeing that Christ healed the sick and saved them. And that Christ then took this time and he fed them. Not only with loaves of bread and fish, but with the words of eternal life. This is God's mercy. That he gives of himself as the bread of life. That he is the bread of life. The Lord is my portion. He is the provider for our souls. And so we should therefore hope in him and in no one else. For whatever the need may be, whether it may happen in life or in death, in the face of inexplicable suffering, we are to proclaim the promise that there is no condemnation for those who are found in Christ Jesus. And that even in the midst of these evil events, God is at work. He is at work for our good and for our salvation, as I have said so many times before. He is at work for the good of his children, even though we may not understand how it is so. Faith looks to what has been done by God and what God has promised to do. All God's providential care is a testament to his love. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. He said, my mercy is new each morning. Why would we doubt this word of promise? We, the faithful, needn't worry about tomorrow. For when we wake tomorrow, God's mercy will greet us in the morning. Maybe for some of us that will be here on earth. For others, as it was for John Darris the other night, he is partaking of the mercy of God in the heavenly places. For Christ does not feed us with only food which nourishes nourishes the body. But he gives eternal, heavenly blessings, forgiveness of sins, the gift of the Holy Spirit, righteousness, salvation, and eternal life, alongside that temporal nourishment and daily bread which we have through him as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all their understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord.